Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. This is Ann Ortley broadcasting live from Tucson, Arizona, where I'm out here at an astrology conference at OPA. Uh, and I'm here. It's 8.30 in the morning or my time, or eight or 9 o'clock, whatever, 8 o'clock my time. So I haven't talked yet much. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get through the show with my croaky, creaky voice. Um, so anyway, what we do here at the at Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather, and this is the weekly weather for October 7th, is we talk about uh, what's going on in the heavens and how it reflects down here on Earth, and more importantly, how we can use those energies in a productive way to uh, work with our lives. As we know, the energy has been a little contentious the last couple of weeks uh, because it is Mars, you know, traveling through the path that he had gone through um, all summer long. He's finishing up this week. He finishes up his retrograde. Um, he gets to 10 on the 10th, leaves his shadow behind, and he goes forward into the next chapter of our lives and his lives, and we, we get a whole new beginning. Um, and, of course, Mars has been in Aquarius, uh, and so he has been a lot about stirring up groups and communities. Aquarius, of course, is the 11th house, in the mundane chart, and that is, of course, Congress, the group. You know, if we look at the federal government, it's the ninth house is the judicial system, the tenth house is the executive branch, and the uh, sixth house is the civil servants, and the tenth house is Congress. So we've been having a lot of uh, Mars in the house of Congress, literally, and our job, we know, when this goes on, and also in our lives, whatever house is in Aquarius in your chart, has had Mars going through it all summer long, and now this week he finishes his journey. He finishes his journey with his retrograde. He still is going to be in Aquarius for a couple more weeks. He doesn't actually leave Aquarius until um, November 15th. So our job with Mars uh, running in Aquarius and now wrapping up his shadow is to think about all the stuff you've been working on since last summer when Mars stationed to go retrograde in May. And the journey began, and now it wraps up. And it literally, in our case, that was when uh, the judge, re- the justice, resigned, retired, and we started the story of Brett Kavanaugh and uh, Dr. Ford, eventually Dr. Ford. So um, we finish it up now. We move forward. Interestingly, uh, the vote was on Saturday, as most of you probably know, and it was a Virgo moon. Um, so I always find Virgo moons really interesting. Because what they do is they reflect the people, they reflect the public, they reflect the servants, the waiters, the waitresses, those folks, um, and uh, the people that take care of us. And that Virgo moon has a nice closing aspect of a sextile to Jupiter and Scorpio. And um, so uh, it's a positive energy. So I'm always, when I... When I see something, <clears throat> you know, listening to the show, I was not a fan of this uh, candidate. And uh, I don't think he'd be a particularly good justice. However, um, with the sextile to Jupiter and Scorpio and the upcoming energies that we have ahead of us, ahead of us as we go through, as a country, as we go through our Pluto transit, and of course, Pluto transit is always about power. And under, you know, if you've had a Pluto transit, you know, as people, you, we've had them to our, you know, we've had them to our moon or our sun or our various planets. But this time the country is having, our country is having one, and it's having it to Pluto in the second house. Of course, Pluto wasn't discovered when the founding fathers made our chart, 
picked our chart, but it's in the second house in, in the in the Sibley chart, which is 510, July 4, 1776. So we're going to have a Pluto return. And, you know, I'm comforting myself by saying, you know, all these other countries have lived through it. You know, back when the American Revolution, the sun never set on the British Empire. And, uh, um, you know, Rome fell after 500 years. Pluto takes 250 years. So I'm kind of like, all right, so we're having our Pluto return. And, and this particular thing felt very Plutonian, this whole struggle, you know, rapists and lords of the underworld and lying and, you know, what were what was the truth, what wasn't the truth ram it through, very Plutonian words, right? So <clears throat> the justice was sworn in yesterday around 6. It's either going to be a late, but I didn't get a time on it yet. It's a late Pisces, early Aries, rising sign. Um, and if it's in early Aries, that makes sense because Mars is in the 11th house of Congress. So that's the first place of action with elections coming. Um, and then Pisces is the sacrifice, you know, and we are having... There's an excellent astrologer here in Utah, uh, a guy named Roy Gillette. He's from England. And he's saying, you know, we are going to have Uranus forming a cross. We're all going to feel a little crucified in the next few years. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. You know, because he was talking about how Uranus is tracking with the nodes of fate for a while. So this, this sense of being caught between a rock and a hard place that many of us are feeling, that's part of the way we get you know, it's kind of like squeezing that last little bit out of the toothpaste tube, right? We're going to have that sense of kind of being trapped between these two polar places. And that is going to continue for a while because Uranus and the nodes of fate are tracking. You know, because sometimes astrologers say things, you know, you, you know, I look at charts all the time, but I'm like, well, I hadn't thought of it as a crucifixion. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. So it's also an action-oriented thing. So Uranus squaring the nodes of fate, which is kind of a running energy for us, about the choices we make and the consequences thereof. So this week we have a new moon on uh, tomorrow, actually, uh, Monday. And I have a new moon webinar. I'm going to be broadcasting here from um, the lovely hotel room that I'm in uh, in Tucson uh, for that webinar. And hopefully that will work okay. Um, never broadcast, never done a webinar from a faraway place before, so we'll see how that works. And... Um, the new moon is in what's called the path of fire, the via combusta. And somebody wrote last week, I didn't realize I have stuff in the via combusta. I'm like, yeah. And that is why you're passionate. Um, <clears throat> so any planets between 15 Libra and 15 Scorpio are considered the path of fire. And, it, you know, in the old days they'd say, hey, you know, they might be a little excited about things, especially if you did a predictive chart that said this is where, uh, this is where stuff's going to happen. Kavanaugh is going to, tomorrow, Monday is Columbus Day, so the government's closed. So he's going to start to work on a void moon. Um, and, you know, that, that speaks much to the process we've been going through. The moon goes void with a square to Pluto. And if he goes to work on Monday and kind of sets up his desk, it's still moon square Pluto as a closing aspect. So it'll be interesting to see if the moon square Pluto process continues. When they said yesterday there were people pounding on the Supreme Court doors and John Cornyn said, you know, this mob rule, I'm like, baby, you ain't seen nothing. Yeah, we got Uranus and Pluto coming for five squares. So uh, hopefully, you know, let's take Kamala Harris's approach, happy warriors as we need to be warriors in our own lives. And also let's move forward um, to the next chapter because obviously this chapter is got a wrap on it. 
but there's more to come because Venus is retrograde, right? And she she rules all those Libra planets, including the sun, and she rules the justice system right now. So she's retrograde in Scorpio. So let's see what happens next because she's, she's doing stuff till January 7th. Right? So um, there's a whole story that still has not unfolded. And you thought it was going to be over with the vote. No, no, no. Now, in your own life, what this means is all the stuff that you worked on last summer that came up for healing, that came up for you to see, that came up for you to do something different with, all that stuff you get to work with until uh, November 7th, with the idea being time to do some psychological healing on it, right? So, because, you know, Scorpio House in our chart is the psychological issues we get from our family, our culture, our church, our religion, our upbringing, whatever it is. Think of the Scorpio House. Think of the planets in there. And those planets are really tuned into that stuff. And so now as Venus gently goes through Scorpio, she's going to kind of help them release things and let things go and move things into a new direction. And then she's going to go forward again. Okay. So there's a lot of energy out there. And your job is to figure out how to use it. Uh, Kamala said, happy warrior. We did a thing here last night at the, at the retreat uh, for, for, for developing professional astrologers. And one of the things people were like, you know, what do you want to put in the circle? And I'm like, I want to put anger. And I'm like really pissed off. So we were dancing. And they had drums. And I went and drummed for like two hours. It was great. So I pounded out. <laughs> Oh, and I haven't drummed in a really long time. And the people who I first drummed with were the ones that introduced me to astrology. So here I was drumming with a group of about 50 or 100 astrologers dancing, um, dancing and dancing and drumming. It was fun. So I got it all out of my arms, and uh, now I'm ready to move forward. And, and are you? We're all moving forward this week. And uh, let's take Kamala Harris's approach of happy warriors where we need to be a warrior because Mars is moving us into new territory and saying, ready? Okay, let's get going. We're moving. All right, so let's talk about the moons this week. Uh, as I mentioned tonight, we have a new, or tomorrow uh, at 11.47 p.m., tomorrow night, we have a new moon in Libra. So we're doing a, um, we're doing a new moon ritual tonight. I'm going to try broadcasting it from here. Um, but the new moon in Libra has a hard aspect. It has an aspect of a square to Pluto. And so it's in Libra on Monday. Then it's void all day Tuesday. Nothing comes of Tuesday. Wednesday, the moon goes into Scorpio. And the closing aspect for that is a conjunction to Jupiter. Wednesday is rocking and rolling. It's a big, big day. So, you know, kind of energetically aggressive and strong. And also Mercury goes into Scorpio on the 9th. Uh, where it's going to be until the end of the month. It goes into Sag on the 30th. So Mercury goes into Scorpio, and he, of course, wants to tell some stories too because he he knows where the bodies are buried and he knows what's up. So we're going to find we're doing deep emotional processing. Mercury goes into Scorpio, 8.41 p.m. These are all East Coast times on the 9th, and he's in Scorpio till the 30th. Um, So Wednesday is very intense. Uh, Thursday... The moon goes void at 7.12 p.m., also in Scorpio. So Wednesday and Thursday are your power days this week in terms of getting stuff done. And after 1.30 in the afternoon um, on Wednesday, it's kind of full, full steam ahead. 1.30 in the afternoon on Wednesday, you may find out something that's a little disturbing with Mercury opposite Uranus in Scorpio. 
the 12th, this Friday, you know, so it's Void Thursday night from 7-12 on, and it enters Sagittarius bright and early, 5:53 on the 12th Friday, and it's in Sag Friday and Saturday, going void with a sextile to the sun. So Friday and Saturday are very good. So basically, you just kind of avoid Monday, Tuesday, because everybody's in a cranky, crabby mood. Uh, the moon goes void on Friday, the 13th at 8:58, and then it enters uh, Capricorn at 3:17 p.m. on the 14th, on Sunday the 14th, with a going void of a sextile to Jupiter. Um, so that's a nice day too, the 14th. So it's actually a nice week in terms of those kinds of things. And we have a bunch of energetic shifts. We have that lovely new moon at 15 uh, Libra in the path of fire, very passionate energy. It's also uh, Thanksgiving Day to Canada. And there's also the Drachnoids meteor shower. So if you get out there, you're going to see some shooting stars. It's also Columbus Day, Monday the 8th here in the States. Uh, Mercury entering Scorpio, of course, is an impassioned placement. The rest of the planets are pretty quiet this week, but we'll go through them anyway. Uh, the drama was all last week, and now Mars is leaving his shadow on Wednesday. He will probably have a little kaboom on Wednesday. Wednesday's like a crazy busy day and kind of wild in terms of the news and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so if we look at the planets in the sky, uh, the sun is going from uh, 14 Libra to 21 Libra and he remember he's been tracing Mercury's steps so the stuff Mercury did at the end of last week the sun does this week where we see things in kind of a new way and he has an conjunct to Neptune which is a little bit of a depression on Sunday the 7th and then he goes okay and then he aspects the nodes of fate um, on the 8th and he says alright I'm going to partner with in a new way or move forward in a new way He's parallel Neptune on the 11th, which can also be a bit of a depressing day, Thursday, because Sun and Neptune are working together. Now, I often find uh, when there's a big emotional story like we've had running in our culture, um, when the story finishes, which it's done, or in your life it could have finished, you could have had a big story running, the week after is really for emotional processing. And with the sun having aspects to Neptune, you may find you're extra tired this week, you need extra sleep, you may feel the need to pick up something if you've given up drugs and alcohol, please don't. Um, it's a very intense and passionate Neptunian kind of energy, and it really pushes us to uh, try new things. But also, you may find you're feeling a little overwhelmed emotionally, and that is as it's supposed to be, okay? That's that sun Neptune. Uh, Venus squares Pluto on the 12th, which is a very bunch of power, or Sun squares Pluto on the 12th, um, <clears throat> which is very much a power energy. Moon squares are at the beginning of the week, and uh, there's a lot of energy with the Sun by quintiling Neptune, uh, kind of kicking us up into k- kicking us up into Neptune land, and the Sun quintiling Saturn. So there's a lot of energy around consequences of choice this week, and of course because Venus is ruling. <clears throat> Venus is ruling the Libra planets, the consequences of choice from the ego's point of view. Um, so, you know, pay attention to, well, I really wanted that and, and I got it. Now the consequence of that choice is this, right? Does that make sense? Um, okay, Mercury this week goes from 27 Libra to 6 Scorpio. So he is going to be tracing as of, um, you know, now, he's tracing the planet's path that was active all summer long, that under 10 degrees stuff, right? So as he goes forward, 
And, of course, the sun will get there next week. Mercury heading ahead of the sun kind of blazes a path and helps us under, helps us see things. He kind of says, well, you know, how about this? And how about that? And how about this? So as he sextiles the Cupido, uh, we, we're going to be looking to find our tribe, and that's the beginning of the week. Uh, Mercury sextile Cupido. Cupido is a trans-Neptunian planet. I don't use it a lot except when there's a lot of crap going on in the heavens. I like to see one. <laughs> I like to see it. These are uh, planets that were discovered by the Germans in World War One, <clears throat> And we're, we look for them. <clears throat> Excuse me. We look for them. Um, I look for them when it's particularly intense in the world because they usually are pretty active. And they are. On the ninth, Mercury is contraparallel Uranus. So that's uh, Mercury and Uranus have a lot of conversations this week because first he's going to be opposing Uranus in the sky by zodiac degree, but he's also going to be opposing him by declination. So that is pretty shocking news coming in on the 9th. And then Mercury works with Chiron, the planet of being wounded. Uh, And then he enters Scorpio, as I mentioned before, on the 8th at 8.40 p.m., there through the end of the month. When he goes into Scorpio, he's going to be triggering all the planets that were triggered this summer in an easier way because he's sextiling Saturn and he's sextiling uh, Uranus and he's forming what's called a minor grand trine. So this is an excellent time for you to get things accomplished and uh, get things done and to work with the energy in in a different way because it's going to be inviting you to um, create. Uh, As Mercury goes into Scorpio, of course, he gets more quiet. And he gets more focused on mission and path. He has some arguments with partners. He has that breakup energy that happens on the 10th, 11th. It's a big one. Mercury's opposite Uranus this week. So it's very much a breaking up or breaking through. It can be breaking through too. And then he too squares the nodes of fate on October 10th, 11th rather, where we get to see, oh, okay, this is what we got, right? Mercury square the nodes. And again, ask you to make a choice. South node, working with the group. North node, proceeding towards your heart path. Um, and in this capacity, he is forming, as what my friend Roy Gillette said, he's forming a cross in the sky. Now, crosses are there. You know, they're crossroads. They give us opportunities to choose how to pick. But they also are very intense energy systems where we really feel uh, like, wow. And Mercury, of course, we don't really think of him as a big, important guy. No offense, Mercury. But when he's in Scorpio aspecting the nodes of fate and Uranus, we can anticipate uh, that we'll be, we'll be asked an important question <clears throat> or maybe a few important questions about how we want to proceed. After he makes that decision on the 11th, on the 12th, he works on it because Mercury is sextile to Saturn and he says, okay, That's the plan. I'm going to go work on it now. And you want to watch for a desire to settle into a plan, to settle into the next steps, whatever they're going to be. And uh, Mercury is quintile to Chiron and quintile to Pluto. So he is going to offer some really good healing advice and really good transformational advice uh, on the weekend, on the 13th and the 14th. So, you know, give yourself permission to hang out with Mercury and kind of see what comes up. He is in Scorpio as of Tuesday, so he's in a pretty intense place. Uh, Right now he's still kind of shouting a little bit because he's in Libra. Um, Remember, he's answering, when he's in Libra, he's also answering to Venus in Scorpio. But then he goes into Scorpio himself, right? And when he catches up with Venus, uh, that's next week. There'll be a bit of a hoo-ha. Venus squares Mars this week. Um, she's a 10 and he's a 10 
and that happens on October 10th. Okay, so that's the feminine argument, the feminine fighting. Like I said, Wednesday's a rocking and rolling day. I would lightly book it if I were you. Don't book it heavy because you're going to be running around doing a bunch of stuff. Um, so Venus squaring Mars is the fight between the masculine and the feminine. It's the battle lines get drawn on Wednesday. Watch for stuff going on Wednesday night. But as a result of the aspects, the things that happen on Wednesday. So there's going to be some kind of, I mean, Wednesday is huge. So whatever happens on Wednesday, it'll we'll all be going, wow, Wednesday night uh, as Venus squares Mars. Venus also is sextile to Vesta. And remember, Vesta's still out of bounds, right? So Venus sextiles Vesta, and she's going retrograde. So she has not done with her story yet. She's still got more to say, and she doesn't finish her story until mid-November, right, her retrograde journey. So we're going to see her uh, really doing things. Now, Venus in Scorpio, I have her. And, you know, I'm old, I'm 64. Not old, but I'm older. And um, I will say that Venus in Scorpio is always presented a bit of a challenge to me, uh, and she generally tends to be challenging when she's running through the culture because people are impassioned. And I would I would caution you when Venus is in the path of fire like she is now, going backwards in a sign that she does not like, um, the consequences are large. And, and, of course, Scorpio may forgive, but it never forgets. Right? It's, it's one of those signs. So uh, Venus in this sign at this time, I think, is particularly indicative for what the feminine is, uh, you know, is watching and up to. And of course, it's in sex. It's in Scorpio, the sign of sex, and it's a ten. So think of a ten-year-old, you know, uh, and their opinions about things, but also in terms of their position on stuff, right? Uh, Mars this time is running from. 8 Aquarius through 12. Again, he leaves his shadow on the on Wednesday. Again, Wednesday. We're getting Wednesday all, all day long. Uh, and he hits Dark Moon Lilith on the 13th. Uh, Lilith has been very active in this confirmation hearing, and she's very active in both Dr. Jones or Dr. Ford and Kavanaugh's, Dr. Mr. Kavanaugh's chart. Um, so we'll see what her story is on the 13th because Mars comes to Lilith. And Lilith, of course, refused to be subservient. And so there's a very strong energy of refusing to be subservient, with Mars also in a quintile aspect to Eris, the goddess of discord. On the same day, uh, the, energy of, the energy of angry feminine is not going away real quick. Um, and that is in people, too. Remember, we're seeing it in the culture, right? People pounding on the door and getting arrested and screaming and shouting during the vote. But we're also having it in our personal charts. So, um, you know, if you say something to someone and they get kind of like, you know, <laughs> kind of turn a little Venus and Scorpio on you, you can almost hear the hissing, right? Um, you kind of honor it, like you must, you just said something. So kind of go back in and, and say, okay, so like, what did I, what did I say? You know, I didn't mean to, didn't mean to, um, didn't mean to offend. Maybe you do need to offend, you know? I mean, I, have an ongoing dialogue with my uncle. Um, have have been having one since uh, the guy in the White House got elected. And um, my cousin's periodically, what do you say to him? He wants to delete you on Facebook. <laughs> so this week, of course, I, he sent me some nasty stuff. So I said something back to him, and I haven't heard from him. Uh, so I don't think he quite knew what to do with that. Um, so in the ring, you know, kind of watch for that energy. 
Jupiter this week is 23-24 Scorpio. She's not moving too fast, but he is moving along. Uh, he's not moving too fast, but he does have a lot of aspects to Lilith and to the strong feminine and to Hades and to Eris. So he aspects Eris, he aspects Hades, he aspects Lilith, he aspects another Lilith, he aspects Lilith again. Again, uh, Jupiter is the justice system. It is in Scorpio, uh, so it's feeling all that energy pulsed up too, but it also is in, in aspect to a lot of cranky feminine energy. So um, I would just buy every every part of your feminine environment flowers and candy right <laughs> um we remember men have feminine sides too right so you know a lot of the quote-unquote good men who are supportive of this um you know this not having this guy not being elected you know are kind of being left in the dust on the side because you know they're like yeah i'm not against i'm against that too but women are so excited and so enraged some of the good guys are kind of getting, you know, where they don't really know what to say. You know, I mean, remember when, <laughs> at least when your mother was mad or your partner, I mean, I'm a woman, so I, I can't say when my partner was mad because it's been men. But um, when your partner, when when the feminine's angry, everybody kind of backs up a little. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, um, people don't generally step in, right? Uh, so the men, the men that are supportive, have also been kind of hanging back a little. We're trying to figure out what their what their proper response is, and I think that's an important thing to pay attention to as we go forward into this next chapter. Uh, is to kind of say, okay, who's on my team? Who's team? And again, it is a process. It's not an immediate enlightenment. So it's an awareness of how things happen. And I know I blew my uncle away. I did it on purpose, uh, and that's okay. Let's see what his response is. He's basically usually a good guy, you know, even if he's a Republican. Um, and I do love him, you know, and he's my mother's baby brother. So um, he's the patriarch of the family, essentially. I mean, my dad's still here, but, you know, Uncle Uncle Neil's the, the guy um, for my sister and I on many levels. And uh, my brother, too. <clears throat> uh, so anyway, uh, Saturn aspects the nodes of fate on the 7th. Uh, so we're we're having faded times with Saturn aspect in the nodes in a hard position, and he also has an aspect to the cranky feminine on the 11th, semi semi square, which is a consequential stress aspect. Uranus is square to Vulcanus on the 7th. Okay, Vulcanus is the uh, the volcano that erupts, and he also aspects Lilith on the 11th. Okay, so again, we're hearing the 11th over and over again. I really encourage you, maybe just stay home on the 11th and watch the news. It's going to be a rocking and rolling day. Um, then we also have uh, Pluto uh, trying to palace Athena on the 11th, which is a strategy and a procedure. And he is also aspecting Lilith on the 11th. So there's a lot of energy with that. Those energies all kind of piling in. Uh, Chiron is aspecting Lilith on the 13th. And Vesta Quintiles, she's kind of working in terms of new home, not a lot with her. Uh, Juno is stationing to go retrograde in Gemini. So partnerships that were made are now going to feel like, well, maybe I shouldn't have made that partnership, or maybe I should revise that partnership, or maybe I should try again with that partnership. And then we also have um, Ceres aspecting Lilith on the 12th, which is the maternal, the nurturing feminine. And a lot of energy. Uh, it's a good end, good week for a cold, 
a lot of times when there's been a lot of this deep, deep emotion running around, we get we get we get a cold. So if you get that, if that happens, you know, you're running with it. Um, so with all these energies with a little time, I'm going to take a couple of seconds and remind you who she was. She was Adam's first wife, and she refused to be subservient. Um, so she, they got a divorce. And, and Eve is his second wife. She's the, you know, she's the trophy wife made from the ribs, so she won't leave. But he talked kind of trash, kind of talked trash about her. And she's accused of uh, seducing men and stealing their seed. You know, so she's got a dark mythology. But it's also if we take off the patriarchal screed about it, she just kind of does what she wants, you know. So that part's good. And um, back when, you know, she's also tied to abortions and to uh, people that help people in the transitional phase. She's the dark feminine, right? So if you're done, you're going on to your next chapter, Lilith often is active at that time. So she's so active here. We're going on to the next chapter. And so that's to remember, but she also has a very impassioned energy that refuses to be subservient. So watch when you feel that rise up. I don't want to be subservient here. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's your Lilith being activated, or that's the person you're talking to, the Lilith being activated. So it's a good thing. So the other part is um, uh, Tuscany is officially open. Sign up. We have an early bird special that expires this month. Uh, it takes 200 bucks off the cost, which isn't a lot, but it still uh, is good. You can do it in a deposit and then a payment later. And we're going to be teaching you to read charts and do predictive techniques. And you basically have to have a little understanding of your chart, and then we'll be, go from there. You'll get a couple books. You get all your meals. You get your food. It's at a winery. It's beautiful. So I hope you'll consider joining me, and that's going to be May 9th to the 15th. And on that note, I'm going to hang up and go off and uh, teach my teach my babies how to turn into full-time astrologers. Uh, taking care of this is Ann Ortley here in Tucson signing off. And again, the webinar tonight, hopefully you'll, you'll join me. And uh, if not, have a great week, a great week. It's definitely a rocking and rolling week and pretty intense and a lot of emotions. So... Um, but not as dramatic, but definitely drama, especially Wednesday. I'm really curious what Wednesday is going to bring because there's a heck of a lot of stuff going on on Wednesday. Take care and have a good, good week. Bye-bye. <laughs>